0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops, happy Monday. Today, we're gonna be discussing auto insurance rebates and how they affect you, tracking your money and investments, and the difference between income statements and a balance sheet. So hopefully everyone had a great weekend. Um ours was ours was pretty eventful. We have a lot of stuff going on.
1: Mainly we have uh, about 8 garbage bags full of baby clothes now in our home yeah. that were <laughs> donated to us by a sister-in-law. Thank you, Aubrey.
0: So yeah, my sister, she has all these baby clothes and she's like, "Oh, I'm just going to get, I'm going to get rid of them at some thrift store. Do you want them? And Kimberly jumped on that one fast. Yeah. She
1: was <laughs> like, I'll just give you a few of the nicer ones. I'm like, no, no, we will take them all. <laughs>
0: General tip for everybody. Okay. You don't need the nicest, newest clothes for kids. They're going to roll in the dirt.
1: <laughs> they, they get a lot of poop stains. They get a lot of problems. Hemi-downs so. <laughs> are
0: not a bad thing thing. Now, of course, you might want to have a couple outfits that are nice just specifically for them. Sure. But uh, if they're just going to roll around in the mud anyway, you might as well use some hand-me-downs that are still in good condition, right?
1: Yeah. And I actually had a good tip about um, a lot of old baby clothes will have like milk stains or spit up stains. And we haven't tried it yet. We'll let you know how that goes. But my mom said that if you take something called biz, which is color safe bleach and let them soak in there for about three days to a week and then wash them. It'll, they'll be just like new.
0: You know, I've, ne- I've never heard of color-safe bleach.
1: I know. How have I not heard of that? That sounds like the greatest invention of all time.
0: Okay. And I promise <laughs> this is not a sponsored segment, everyone.
1: <laughs> and we haven't tried it yet. So we we'll have to let yet. you know how it goes. <laughs> but hey, you know, if it can save some clothes, save some money.
0: So yeah, it's so a lot of cool stuff going on this weekend. Hopefully yours is good. Also, uh, let's review. Let's see. Uh, what did we watch this weekend? This is our segment. So Kimberly, I've seen this movie before, but Kimberly finally got to watching Dirty Rotten Scoundrels.
1: I'd never seen it and it was hilarious. I loved it. Speaking of uh, scams, it's about these two guys it has Michael Caine and uh, Steve Martin in it. And they're basically these hustlers, like hustling money out of women. It's pretty funny. So um, we were talking about COVID-19 scams the other day and these guys are actual scammers in it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so it actually has pretty good reviews and it's an older movie. I'm not gonna lie, some of these old movies that millennials haven't seen before are actually terrific. You have to watch some of them. They're funny. It's a lot of these old films you have to rediscover because, and you, with all the streaming lately, I've kind of just noticed that a lot of these movies that you normally have would not have watched are now resurfacing. And
1: not only that, movies aren't really coming out right now. So you're kind of forced to watch old movies or yeah. maybe just TV shows TV shows that are coming out.
0: For sure. So Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, go check it out. Um, where was it on? Was it on Voodoo or Yeah, I watched Prime? it on Voodoo okay, for cool. free. Oh, sweet. So we'll talk about that too. But so Dirty Ron Scounders has an 89 by critics and an 84 by users. So a pretty has pretty good ratings. Go check it out. And
1: Steve Martin, you can't go wrong with him.
0: We also watched The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. I think that came out in 96. Now, I've, I've seen this movie before as well, but this was Kimberly's first time again seeing this one.
1: It was different. Yeah. I liked it. It was it was really different. You know, I used to not be a huge Jim Carrey fan. I hadn't seen him in that much to be honest. But then I saw The Truman Show years ago and that's one of my favorite movies. It's a
0: great movie. So now
1: I actually really like watching his stuff. And The Cable Guy, I liked it, but it's not a movie that like I'd love to watch again. It's very different. If you're it looking is for different. something that's a really unique movie, that's pretty much all I can say about
0: it. It's like stalker comedy so if if you can it's really weird but it's uh directed by ben stiller it's it's actually pretty good it's um it's mixed reviews though you have about half people liking it half people not so like 54 percent of critics or at least critics gave it a 54 on rotten tomatoes and users gave it a 51 so it's you have to be kind of in the mood for it it is kind of a weird movie it's different but it's enjoyable i liked it
1: it's kind of fun to watch something that it's not like anything you've ever seen. Yeah.
0: Well, I have a general rule when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, because that's usually where people go and review things. It's like the most popular reviewing site now. Um, my review is you take the critics, what they say, and then you take the users and you meet about halfway in between and that's what the actual rating would be <laughs> because the critics always praise movies that are stupid. It's There's some good ones that they praise for, sure. Don't get me wrong. But there's some way out there ones that are actually not, appealing to mass audiences so then on that one you want to look at what the users give it so for me though i kind of find myself being in halfway between the two ratings so that i don't know take that for what it is
1: (laughs) it's kind of a good way to make sure that it's not a totally garbage movie um but people liked it too yeah
0: that's that's what i do at least definitely users rule though it's whatever users say more than likely you're going to agree with that one
1: So we have another treat for you today. We're going to do a couple deals because we have an awesome tip for you. So it kind of has to do with what we were talking about with the movies. The way I watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was on Vudu, actually. Where Vudu, it was previously owned by Walmart, but they were actually just sold to somebody else.
0: I think Fandango or something. Yeah,
1: but they have thousands of free movies and pretty high quality movies. Sometimes you have to sort through the junk. There's there's
0: definitely (laughs) junk. They have
1: a lot of Sharknado type movies. Um, But they have a lot of free movies. They just do limited commercials on it. And so it's pretty great. It's a pretty great resource to watch movies there.
0: So Voodoo is good. There's also IMDb TV that just recently came out. Now IMDb is owned by Amazon. And so Amazon has their whole platform. So if you have Prime Uh, or if you have the Prime app on any of your streaming devices, computers, whatever, you can actually access IMDb TV there. But it's the same thing as Voodoo, basically. But you just have... It's free movies that you just have uh, commercials during it. But they're a lot shorter than if you're watching it on regular TV. Yeah, TV, I
1: feel like they're every five or ten minutes, but...
0: And they're long. They're like five minutes I watched
1: uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and I think I had like four commercial breaks total. And they're, you know two minutes
0: yeah so Maybe. it's way better than watching it on regular TV on cable so if you want to watch some good movies uh, watch on voodoo or IMDB TV if you just need some free entertainment so let's go ahead and talk about another segment here let's get to this uh, let's get to the cool stuff that you want to hear about today we actually have some interesting news regarding auto insurance
1: so we found out that a lot of insurance companies are actually issuing rebates and this is for auto insurance because they realized, People really aren't driving much in right now.
0: During corona. Yeah.
1: And so, for example, um, Allstate came out and they said that from their tracking that people are driving about half of what they normally do. Um, and so they're kind of sharing in that, in the savings that they're having from limited claims.
0: Which is really nice. So double check. every Everyone, if you have a car, you by law have to have auto insurance. So go check with your auto insurance provider and see if you get that rebate. Now, more than likely, they're gonna automatically apply that, but you may need to reach out if you're not seeing it anytime soon. So companies like, uh, so I, we did confirm that these companies indeed are doing rebates. So if you are if you have insurance, car insurance through GEICO, Allstate, State Farm, Progressive, USAA, Safeco, Liberty Mutual, Ameri- American Family, Safeco, there's a few more, Hartford, Nationwide, Farmers, Travelers, AAA, MetLife, Amica, Hanover. There's quite a bit of them. So over 80% of the auto insurance companies are going to be offering these rebates. So a good chance you may be receiving one if you're with one of the large companies.
1: So we called our insurance and we found out that they're actually doing a 25% rebate on our next bill, so we should see that amount just discounted from our next bill. So every insurance company's doing differently. Some are even issuing out checks, some are issuing out credits or refunds, some are just crediting the next bill. So you have to kind of figure out what's going on and how much you're getting, but that's something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, save you some money. So uh, there's actually a really good quote from uh, from Michelle Megna from Car Insurance, and we got this from USA Today Reporting. The quote was Most customers can expect to see refunds arriving from late April to early May to June, depending on their insurer. So, again, it just depends on your insurance company, but it should happen here pretty soon. Uh, Those who are receiving a one time check will likely see refunds by the end of April, while those receiving credits toward April and May uh, policies will see credits in May and June. So, just Pay attention to those and keep track of them so that way you can make sure you receive it if indeed you need to. And if you are being sent a check, make sure that you receive that check. Check your mail. And if you don't get it, reach out to your insurance provider to see if they indeed mailed it.
1: So let's talk a little bit about last week. Kind of review what we talked about because what we're going to talk about today builds a little bit on that. Um, and also we had left you guys with some action items. So we'll review those and see how those went. So first, of course, we talked about building out our budget, right? So we had our income statement portion, which that, of course, just means getting all the money in and all the money out and netting it together, how much money you have.
0: So you're going to hear some terms from Kimberly and I and also in the business world. Some terms that you're going to hear are uh, balance sheets and income statements. Now, you probably heard these and are wondering, what are those terms regarding? What are they for and how do they apply to me? Well, these are mainly business terms, but you still can apply it to you because you're operating your homemade operations and we want you to develop a systematic approach to your processes at home. So last week, Kimberly and I discussed those income and expense portions, and that's where every single transaction going into your bank account, you're going to put into your financial tracker. That's what we talked about last week. That was our uh, that was our homemade ops goal for you to set up in your, your weekly meeting last week. So if you did that, hopefully now you have a list of all of your different incomes and expenses where you can track them. That is what an income statement is. So an income statement is going to basically track. You take all of your revenues at the very top and then at the very bottom, you have something called net profit or net income. This is going to be how much money you have left over after your expenses. So you take your income minus all of your expenses, and hopefully you have a positive amount, right? And
1: that's the goal every month is to have spending less than you earn on a monthly basis so you can take that money and put it towards your longer term goals.
0: Exactly. So that's what we talked about last week. So Kimberly actually has a really good section today and we're gonna be, since she's the controller, the accountant, she has a lot to say on this topic. So we'll hear from her on the balance sheet side and what that means here in just a few minutes. But just to kind of review from last week, Last week, we talked about the income and expense portion. We also talked about zeroing out the month. So remember, the goal is you take all your money. So you have your income minus expenses and you should have a dollar amount. Well, hopefully that's positive. If not, then you can focus on your expenses and try to reduce certain costs. So that way you can get that number positive in the future. But the goal then is let's say you have, uh, let's say after all of your expenses, you have $250 left in for the month. Well great, congratulations. now you have a $250 profit for that month after all of your expenses. Awesome. Now what do you do with that money? Well you want to zero that out. We talked about that last week. You then take that 250 and place it towards something that you choose. You can either put them into investments, you can put them into uh, you can pay off additional bills, whatever it may be. So we're gonna talk a little bit about what you can do with that here, and Kimberly will discuss that. But that's what we talked about last week. The other thing we talked about is choosing a method to track all those transactions. Now the options that we talked about were using a piece of paper, using Excel, uh, using a financial tracker, it's up to you. So once you put that stuff in your system and now that you're tracking everything, so your budget is basically your tracker, well then you, that now we're at where we're at today. Now we can start discussing where do we move on from this point.
1: So I wanna introduce it with this article that I read from CNBC, it's written by Anna Maria uh, Lusardi, uh, who's a professor at George Washington University School of Business. So it's kind of a heartbreaking article actually. So here's a couple bullet points from it. It says only half of Americans say they can cover monthly expenses and bills without difficulty. That's only half. And then almost 80% carry debt. 37% Thirty-seven percent described their debt level as too much, and then the emergence of the coronavirus presents a shock of tremendous proportion at a time when personal finance is already a source of stress. So they, it also says against this backdrop, the against this backdrop, uh, the ability to face a shock is limited. When asked if they would be able to come up with two thousand dollars if an unexpected need arose within the next month, nearly a third of Americans said they probably or certainly could not.
0: That's a third like 33% says they can't.
1: And that was about a it says that was about a smaller mid-size shock, an unexpected car repair, an unplanned home repair bill or an unanticipated legal expense, which is really sad to hear because that kind of stuff happens all the time. Like a couple of years ago we had our basement flood, or yeah. it was last year. Last year. And it was really painful and really expensive. Um, and stuff like that is you can't control right? You just, all of a sudden we walked down one day and our basement was flooded and our insurance uh, unfortunately had an exclusion that didn't cover it. So it was a really expensive repair. It was really painful. Stuff like that happens all the time. Maybe you get in a car wreck or, you know, bad things happen and not being able to cover that is really painful. So that's why I think it's so important to know exactly where you are financially, to know what kind of savings you have, to know what kind of investments you have. And that's what we want to talk about today. So in accounting, there's a concept of something called a balance sheet. Todd had mentioned a little bit earlier. So when we're talking about the income statement, that's money coming in, money coming out, kind of a typical budget. What we're trying to get at with a balance sheet is taking a look at today, what do my finances look like? What do I have in bank accounts and investments and retirement accounts and what do I owe in maybe credit card debt or if you have a line of credit or a mortgage because it gives you a good idea of where you are at financially
0: so basically what it is is what have you built what have you built up so think of it in those terms so the income statement so that's a business term remember but this is just your bank account your checking account like we discussed last week money coming in money coming out that doesn't mean how much you've actually saved or built. Those are just individual transactions. So the balance sheet, like Kimberly is saying, is going to track what you have allocated or placed that money into. So you can
1: kind of think about it like you're looking at your kitchen before you go grocery shopping right? So maybe you could think of the income statement, like your meal plan for the week. What am I going to need? What am I going to eat? What am I going to cook? And then, say if you go shopping on Monday, maybe Sunday, you'll open your fridge and make a list of, okay, I have eggs, I have milk, I'm out of yogurt, I'm out of cheese, I'm out of apples, I'm out of cereal, and you make a list of what you have and what you don't have, so you don't end up like these statistics, where you don't have enough money to cover a mild to moderate short-term expense. So we like to do this every month. Um, when we wrap up our month, we talked about having a little bit longer monthly financial meeting At the after the month has end, ended. And that's when we decide, number one, what we do with our leftover profit for the month. And we can usually do that by looking at our little statement of, finances that we prepared. We can say, you know what? Our savings account is looking a little bit thin. Why don't we take that money and let's pad our savings account? Or we have this big expense we have coming up. Let's put that in a special account to save just for that. Because I think it's important every month to know exactly what you have and what you owe, really knowing your exact financial locate or financial situation. So if someone came up to me they said, oh, could you afford this? Or could you cover this expense? Or how are you doing financially? I feel confident knowing what's going on. It goes back to that principle where if you don't really know what's going on, you feel anxious, you feel nervous. But even if maybe you're not exactly where you want to be, if you know exactly what your situation looks like right now, you know what you need to do to get there.
0: And so some recommendations when it comes to this, so going along the lines of what Kimberly is saying here, So if you don't have anything, let's say you're starting with zero. How should you start building up your wealth? How should you start saving up for money? Well, last week we talked about uh, your checking account creating a buffer. Kimberly and I recommend building that up first before you start sending money to the bank or into your savings before you start sending money over to investments or anything like that. Build up your buffer in your checking account first. So that way, if you do dip into it, so it's kind of like an emergency fund, so to speak. So Kimberly and I, when we first got married, we weren't, uh, we were dirt poor. <laughs> like, it's, I think we were in poverty level, actually. Our rent
1: was uh, 5 dollars a month. It was awesome.
0: Five thirty five dollars a month. Now it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't you miss those days? That
1: was nice. I don't miss living there, but I did like the rent. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't a very, it was, it was good. It was it's actually good. pretty cozy. It was yeah. pretty cozy, surprisingly. But. So what we did is we said, okay, here's our money. Here's all of our expenses. We have to cut because we weren't making much. We were in college at the time. So we are studying and working. So we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we put together our budget from last week, like we discussed, and we decided to cut certain expenses that were driving up our costs so we can at least get some money each month at the end of the month. And then our, in our homemade ops weekly or monthly, in this case, in our monthly planning session, If we had any profit, we were thrilled. We're like, yay. (laughs) And then we set up a goal. Our goal was let's create a buffer in our checking account. So that way, if again, if you have expenses that show up uh, before you get your check, you can cover those. That's what the buffer is for. So let's say like a mortgage or rent or whatever it may be. So in that case, or a bill. So we decided to create a buffer. And I believe our first buffer we created was like $500. And then from there, it's increased, of course. But when we first got married, we set one up a goal of $500. And then what we did is we every single dollar that we saved at the end of the month in our monthly planning session, we put into that buffer. Once we achieved that goal, then we were like, oh, good. Now we have a buffer. We can breathe a little bit. So emergencies, we have some cash. And then what we decided to do from there is, okay, now we can take that excess cash from the money we're earning and put it towards something else at the end of the month. So the idea here is cut all of the useless costs and stuff that you can't afford right now until you build these items up first. Otherwise, you're going to run into some pickles in the road or down the road when you have to fund a flooded basement like Kimberly said or something like that. So build those up first. So you're basically building up your balance sheet that Kimberly was talking about. You're building up your wealth, accumulating money. The first things that you need though are those emergency funds, so that way you actually are covered in case those bad things happen. So the second thing Kimberly and I did is we took that money uh, after we build up our buffer and we started saving towards a savings goal. So Kimberly and I were thinking, okay, We're happy we have the buffer, but now we need an additional, in our savings account, we need some additional cash just in case the buffer isn't enough. And that goal, I believe, when we first got married was like $1,000. It took us a while to get there, but each month we started saving all of our excess cash and built up our savings account so that way we had immediate safe money just in case something bad happened for a rainy day, for whatever happened, we would be able to use that cash as well. And then from there, once we reached our goals, we then could take that money after those, after we have set up for those items and now push it to other investment types or other places to accumulate our wealth.
1: So another benefit I feel like you can get from this is number one, it gives you peace of mind because you know what you have and you know where you're at. But number two, it allows you to really take control of what you want to spend so for example if someone approaches you about going on a vacation or something like that and you can confidently know yes i can afford that vacation or no i can't afford that vacation and allows you instead of just feeling like yeah that's pretty reasonable that's probably fine yeah i could do that or you know if you get a big bill that you weren't expecting a big medical bill right you don't freak out as much because you know okay i can cover that i feel confident and i can cover that Um, So it allows you to make better decisions because you know exactly where you are financially and you're able to say no to things when you think, you know what? No, I have other goals I need to meet financially before I do this. So, no, I can't do that. Or, yeah, I can totally afford that. I just looked at my finances the other week and they're great. And Another thing, too, is it's actually really fun and motivating. So we look back at our budget from we got married in 2014 and started doing this. And it really helps a lot to think, you know what? That's where we used to be because in the day to day, I think a lot of times it can feel like life is hard, right? And it can feel as though you're always behind. You're always getting beat down. You're never, you never have as much enough money. You never have as much as you think that you should have. But when you look at where you were a year ago or five years ago, or when you first started budgeting, however long ago that is, it's really motivating to see the growth, Um, As long as you're living, like we talked about, living month to month where you're living within your means every month and you're growing every month, you're going to see that progress. It's kind of as if, you know, people are exercising and they'll monitor how fast they can run their mile, how fast they can run. When you look at the progress, usually it's done in baby steps. So unless you're tracking it, it's hard to see the progress and sometimes it's easy to want to give up. So oh, it's really yeah. it's really motivating and it's really fun to look back i kind of laugh looking back at our 535 rent and think you know that place actually was you know it was cozy um
0: it was a stepping yeah sto- it was a, a stepping was a step. stone
1: and it's fun to look back and see where you were
0: and that's it's the other cool thing is so our tracker that we use for tracking everything i know some people make fun of us for this but we use excel because it's manual but we have all that historical data so we can uh, kimberly and i have one sheet that shows all of our money that we've expensed, our balance sheets, our income statements, everything, uh, for the last six years of marriage now, and we can actually go back in time and see how much were we making then, ooh, that's sad.
1: Yeah, and when you have a bad day at work or you're thinking, oh, my raise wasn't what I wanted it to be, you look back and say, well, at, at least, least that's not me. At least
0: I'm better now.
1: <laughs> you know, then we, especially because we were in school when we first started working part-time. And so it's, it's really cool to see the progress. And, and you can see, yeah, no, I, I've done some pretty cool stuff with my life.
0: Okay, so in review of what we have talked about today, Today, we talked about building up a balance sheet. So the balance sheet is going to be comprised of your bank accounts, retirement accounts, investments, CDs. Now, this is different from an income statement. Remember, the income statement is going to track your expenses, money coming in and out of your account. A balance sheet is going to be what you do with that money. So once you have any, if you have any leftover money, where do you place it? so simple way
1: to do that is just list what you have and list what you owe so for example if i was going to list out what i had i'd say checking account x amount of dollars savings account x amount of dollars retirement account investments just kind of any really any financial accounts you have obviously you don't have to put the value of everything you own, but really anything financial. Then you'll also want to list out everything you owe, such as credit card balances you carry, a line of credit, a mortgage, any kind of personal loans, and that'll get a good, give you a good idea of where you're at financially, um, and then you can talk about start looking at where you wanna be with your goals and say, you know what, my savings account isn't quite where I want it to be. And you can start moving away from becoming one of these people who can't cover a short-term expense because you know exactly where you're at. So try that this week. Create your balance sheet, you've got your budget now, you're gonna have a nice pretty statement of where you're at financially, and it'll give you a really good foundation as we continue our journey here.
0: Exactly, and if you need some ideas for steps on where to start, First, number one, build up that buffer. Number two, build up your emergency savings fund. And then from there, you can start taking your money and placing them into other investment and account types. All right, everyone. So get that set up. That's your call to action for today. And we'll review that this coming Wednesday. If you have any questions, reach out to Kimberly and I on social media. We're on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to follow us, send us a note. If there's any topics you'd like to hear about and how we have set things up, if you need any feedback or tips and tricks, give us a ring. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a wonderful week. And we'll see you next time on The Homemade Op Show.